Okay, I wanted to uh, play a, a, a quick game of who is the greatest. And I thought that... Um, James, you're on the projector, aren't you? You weren't listening properly a minute ago when I was talking, so you can come up. <laughs> who is the greatest? You come up. I didn't warn you, so you looked very shocked. And you, and you're not listening now, so you can come up as well. You said you wanted to be involved earlier when I asked you. So the first thing I want to know is who is the strongest, okay? Shall I go now? All right. He has the So we'll have an arm wrestle. He's got a little run and luggy, he's fine. Who do you think will be the strongest, Ewan or James? James? Anyone think Ewan? Not even his dad? <laughs> right, on your knees. Arm wrestle. No cheating. Okay. Let's see who's the strongest. <laughs> Ready? Go. Ah. Oh. So James wins round one, okay? We declare James to be the strongest. Now I want to know who's the fastest. Okay. We've seen that in football, it's fine. Move that over. Who do you think is going to be the fastest? Who do you think? You and this time, okay. All right. He's so strong, you've broken my table. You know how to do this, don't you? I've done it since about year four. Okay, cup stackers, okay? No cheating. Do you know how to do it? Yeah. Okay. They're the same number. So, cup stacking. Okay. Who do you think will win? James. All right. Anybody voting for Ewan? Diane, are you voting for your grandson? Yes, good. Right, when I say go, 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 ready, steady, go. Did you cheat? <laughs> They're all broken. Look. That's not going to stack. Well, I declare Ewan to be the, the, the fastest. So James is the strongest. Ewan is the fastest. Who is the greatest? We need one more test. Who do you think is the cleverest? Ewan. Uh... Ewan. <laughs> I don't think there's much to choose from, actually, between these two. All right. Listen to this. You ready? 7 multiplied by 4, add 35, equals? 43. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that many sheep. <laughs> 7 multiplied by 4. 63. 63. I declare Ewan to be the greatest. So you take these tables. Okay. I want to read something to you now from the Bible. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 
to 5. And this is the disciples. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The disciples wanted Jesus to tell them who will be the greatest in his kingdom. And in fact, Jesus knew that they'd been arguing about this because we read about this in another part of the Bible in Mark that they'd been arguing as they'd been walking from one place to another who was the greatest. And Jesus knew that. And so they went to Jesus and said, who will be the greatest? Now they knew that they weren't comparing themselves against Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. In fact, Peter had said just before this that they knew that Jesus was the Christ or is the Christ, the Son of God, the special one, chosen one to come, who would be the king of his own kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. They knew they weren't competing with Jesus, but they wanted to compete with each other. Who is the greatest? Who will be the greatest in heaven? They know the importance of the kingdom of heaven. They knew that it was an important place. They wanted to be great in it. You see, often we view greatness in the wrong way, don't we? We think it's perhaps the strongest. Who was the strongest? James. We think it might be the fastest. Who was the fastest? Ewan. We think it might be the cleverest. I think neither of them were that clever. (laughs) But Ewan won, didn't he? He was the cleverest. We think it might be on those terms that we're great in Jesus' eyes. I think they thought as well... Who is the one who is the most obedient or the one who does perhaps the best in telling others about Jesus or perhaps the one who tries to follow him wherever he goes and listen to him the most? Perhaps that makes them the greatest. But Jesus had a very different view, didn't he? to perhaps what their view might have been about what would make them great in the kingdom of heaven. Because he brought to them, I think, a very small child. A child that didn't look great, was perhaps quite small in stature, and wasn't thinking about being the greatest. In fact, I reckon when King's Tots happens... Every Friday, there are little children there that might fight over the odd toy. I think that happens at King's Tots. I remember my children doing that. But I don't think any of the little children there want to take over King's Tots and run it. I don't think any of them want to be in charge. They're just going there in a very, what I would say is a humble 
not always quiet, but in a way that doesn't want to lift them up and make them great. And they're little, little children, don't they? They rely on the care of their parents. They hold their parents' hands. They allow their parents to guide them. They love their parents in a way that shows that they're really dependent on them. And when Jesus brought up this little child, he said, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, he even said, if you want to come into the kingdom of heaven, you have to be like that. You have to be to God and to Jesus, one who is humble. And then to each other, one who doesn't want to be the greatest, but one who wants to love Jesus the most, who wants to rely on his care, who wants to trust him, who wants to know him and be obedient to him in a special way. And Jesus said, that's what makes someone great in the kingdom of heaven. When they come to him that way and ask him to be their saviour, and then when they live with him and live for him in a humble way. Now, do you think those disciples learnt their lesson about what it meant to be the greatest? Who thinks they did? Who thinks they did? No one, that's a good answer. Somebody nearly dare put their hand up. I was watching. Who thinks they didn't? (laughs) That's a really good answer. (laughs) But it's not a good thing for them to do because when Lucy... And Lana read to us, not long afterwards, something happened. And it was this. James and John, two of the disciples, two people who really followed Jesus, asked their mum to go and speak to Jesus, their mother. And they asked their mother to ask Jesus for a favour. So she went to Jesus and she bowed on her knees before him and she said, Lord... May I have a favour? And Jesus said, what is that? She said, grant that one of these two, my sons, may sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your kingdom. She was meaning, may they have the seat in the most important place with you, because of their importance, because of their greatness in following you. Do you think that was a humble thing to do? Do you think that was something that showed that they weren't thinking about their own self-importance, but they were wanting to just quietly trust Jesus and to follow him without having to be really important? It wasn't, was it? They wanted to be really, really important. They knew they couldn't sit in Jesus' chair in heaven, but they wanted to sit right next to him in the most important chairs because of their importance. And Jesus said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Now, he wasn't about to take a cup and drink it with water or something like that in, in, it, in front of them. He was talking figuratively. He was talking about something that would happen. And he was meaning... Because he had just told them before this that he was going to die. 
He said, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised again. And that was the cup that he was going to face. The cup of him facing God's anger when he died on the cross. And he said to James and John, Are you, Abel, are you going to take that same cup? Are you going to die for me? They said, we will die. We will take that cup. They didn't know actually that he meant die at that point. Sorry. He just said cup at that point. So they perhaps wouldn't have exactly known what he meant. But he said, we, they said, we will take the cup that you're going to take. Jesus said, you will actually, but it's not for me to choose who sits at my right and who sits at my left. That's for the Father, God the Father, to choose. But then he said this, because the other ten disciples, they were angry about these two. How could they want to be the most important? We should be involved in this, shouldn't we? So Jesus had them all together. And he said to them, you know what it's like? You know what it's like in the outside world where people rule it over other people, lord it over other people, think it's so important for them to be the boss, think it's so important for them to get their own way, think it's so important for them to be important. You know, in that world, you know what it's like? Well, Let me tell you this. In my kingdom, he was meaning, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus was saying that He came, even though he's Jesus, God the Son, in heaven, where he's worshipped and adored, rightly so, with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, in amazing, awesome majesty. He came to this world, not to be treated as equal with God the Father, But he made himself unequal. He came and he lived like a human being who who didn't just pretend to suffer. He really did suffer, didn't he, in his life? He had real poverty. He had nowhere often to sleep. He had often very little food. He had people who hated him and wanted him dead. He had people who showed no gratitude to him when he did miraculous signs to them. And he eventually would have people who not only wanted him dead, but would lead him to his death. And he became a servant. He served us, his people, in order that he might die, and that he might die so that he could pay the price for our wrong when we trust in him for our sin 
when we trust in him. He died an awful death when he was crucified. In humility, as a servant. And Jesus was saying to those disciples, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you must become a servant like I became and like I am. You must serve others. You must have that in your heart to want to give of yourself as he gave of himself. As a ransom, he paid the ransom price for your sin if you would trust in him. I must say, he has paid the ransom price for your sin if you would trust in him. That's why he gave his life as a servant on the cross. But he also wants us as Christians to have servant hearts. It's great that we give boxes at Samaritan's Purse. It's wonderful that we can do those things. But that's an easy thing to do, isn't it? It's an easy thing to get a box and put a few things in it. Do that once a year, perhaps. But Jesus wants more of us than that. He wants more from us than that. He wants us to have hearts that serve each other and love each other. He wants us to be people who are kind to each other as he is kind And was kind to his disciples and to everyone he met. He wants us to show love. He wants us not to try and compete with each other to be the greatest. But actually to be humble with each other. He wants us to really care for each other. And it's important. Perhaps this missionary focus that we have this month. Is about personal evangelism. It's about, you'll see a slide there. It's about us being prepared to give of ourselves to tell others about Jesus. That's our missionary focus this month. And it's something we should pray about as Christians, that the Lord will give us the boldness and the strength and the servant-like heart to not worry about ourselves, but to worry about others who are facing a lost eternity without Jesus, for whom the kingdom of heaven is not a place where they'll be and are at the moment where they'll be when they die. They're lost without hope, without Jesus. So we should have a servant heart to others too. So remember that to be the greatest is to be the least. Jesus says is to be the last, to not be the first and to be the one who wants to serve Jesus and serve each other in the way that Jesus served us. So I'm going to ask the um, group to um, come and play to us again. Lord, I lift your name on high. And as they play, let's stand and sing.